It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, Podcast. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of ground to cover, as we usually do at the beginning of a uh, week. We did have one game on Friday. It was uh, it is, is Doodle Whopper. A good enough uh, phrase for you? It was it was a very fun game with Cardinal Mooney. Unfortunately, they fell to Lutheran Seminary. But, Dennis, you were at that game, too. I called it. Lutheran Seminary is a darn good football team. They are good. And uh, I was actually sitting with uh, Coach LeGros from Crosslex. And he was explaining to me why it's so hard to stop that triple option. Well, and the if the, we'll talk about it after in the first segment, but... You feel like a one or two breaks and Mooney wins that game. Well, I thought they had it under control in the third quarter. I, I really did. Uh, and I, uh, I felt like uh, had they gotten that next score, mm-hmm. they would have won the football game. Also, there was that interesting what, yeah, thing in the first half that we'll talk about. Yeah, but uh, good good slate of game this uh, slate of games this week, Dennis. Um, when I was putting together the picks, I'm looking, and there's maybe four or five that you could go really either way. There are a couple that I'm going to take a look at, but I've I've already like rifled through like oh, ha- six. Yeah, about half of them <laughs> you can submit right now. Yeah, the other half you have to kind of look at, but it should be a fun week. Uh, conference play started for everyone, so season's really heating up. We're in the full swing of things now. There, there's one game. Well, only just briefly mention it because we don't do a lot with Anchor Bay, but Anchor Bay is playing Dakota this week, so that was worth mentioning. But um, we'll get into the the full tilt in uh, just a moment here on GetStuckOnSports.com. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Gara Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 810- 987-6400 extension 132 finding that missing shin guard remembering whether it's a home or away game getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day why are simple things sometimes so complicated thankfully with auto owners insurance doesn't have to be one of them we work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things like not being that fan oh come on ref that's simple human sense For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with Dennis and Brady, and uh, let's uh, get right to it. Friday's game was Cardinal Mooney uh, against uh, Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary. And right from the get-go, Brady, it was a game of big plays. Oh, yeah. First play of the game, uh, quarterback for Seminary, 79 yards, and you went, "Uh uh-oh, this could be a long night. But Mooney settled down, and they went back and forth. Now, Dennis, you're going to have to remind me. It feels like it's been an eternity since the game. On the drive where the... I guess the incident happened. What was the score so I can set this up? They were down, they, right? They were down like 14, 21 to 14. 21 to 14, okay. And it was getting close to halftime. There was yes. like under three minutes to go in the first half. And and the other part about it was Mooney was going to get the ball first yes. to start the second half. So it was really a big swing. Basically, to this point, it's like you said, it was 21-14. Each defense had gotten one stop. And it felt like... It, 
that was going to be the exception, not the norm going forward. And Mooney is uh, matriculating it down the field, and they are attacking, attacking, and it gets to fourth and less than a yard. Yeah, well, it said fourth and it, one on the score. Fourth and one at the, the twenty-two, one. which means the yard to gain was the twenty-one. So they run a QB sneak. Brian Everhart gets to the twenty. The chains move. Looked like as simple as a QB sneak as you can. It wasn't until five to ten seconds after the play that you see one seminary player like point the other way. Like that. That's weird. Like, the chains have moved. The play's dead. He got to the 20. And then they talk about it. And, like, what? This do- nothing good happens when it looked like a normal play and the officials are talking about it. Talking about it. Talking about it. And they point Seminary's direction. Seminary gets the ball. Now, I am going to put this caveat on that we were told and supposedly it was a fumble. That is what we were told. However, I don't know how that message was relayed on the field because, Dennis, there was no beanbag thrown. If you don't know, when there's a fumble, the officials throw a beanbag to mark where the ball was fumbled, if there's a penalty or anything like that. Um, And they have to go back from the spot of the fumble. That wasn't indicated. And if it was a fumble, it was at the very, very, very end of the play. It's a QB sneak. I mean, you put two hands on the ball, you go forward. Now, it appeared on the field in real time that they had said he didn't get the line to gain, which he went from the twenty to the the twenty-two to the twenty on fourth and one. You do the math. Yeah, that's a two-yard game. Yes, and Joe Cannell could do the math, and he was not happy because, again, I can't. You you couldn't hear what was being said. But it did not appear that they told him it was a fumble, if it was a fumble. Because you saw him clear as day, holding up one finger and pointing at the 21-yard line. Basically saying, we needed one yard. We needed one yard. And if they gave him a fumble explanation, then it wasn't satisfactory. But you would think, if they said, coach, he fumbled, then why are you yelling about the line to gain? So he gets a personal foul penalty. Basically, he let the officials know he wasn't happy with them, which and that was one of the weirder things. Again, we think it was called a fumble because if not, then I think, Dennis, you said that was the second worst call you've ever seen in your 30 years. Yeah, I, I mean, if, they're, if they were saying he did not get the line to gain, they clearly made a mistake there. Um, I'm, I will say this because I'm not on the field. Right. What I think happened was a lot of miscommunication amongst the officials themselves. I think you had the guy on the far side of the field with the chains immediately, immediately moving them forward because the ball was at the 20 without recognizing that the officials in the center of the field were unpiling a pile trying to figure out who had the football. And it right. takes a second to do that. And I think you had the guy on the far side of the field near Coach Cannell he didn't know what was going on. He should have asked somebody. He should have gotten an explanation because I think he must have just told Coach Canal, "I'll settle down." He didn't make it instead of saying, "Oh, there's a fumble." Because right. he may not have known that which, there was a fumble which, because nobody else knew except the officials in the middle who were undoing the pile. 
as far as I can tell. Right, and yeah, you never know what goes on in that pile. Maybe, and you can't see, maybe Brian Everhart took the snap, got the line again, and just dropped the football, and it was in a pile of 13 people, so you couldn't see it. That I don't know. But Joe Cannell was not happy, and he let the official know. Got the flag. Okay. So instead of it being first and 10 on the 20, it goes to first and 10 on their own 35 for seminary. There was movement on the line. Dennis, in real time, I thought it was a false start. You can let me know what you thought, but it looked like the offensive lineman moved, so the defensive lineman reacted. False start. They called offside. Did you think, I mean, it was one of those that... I thought at that point that might be just an extra stick it to you penalty. Okay. Because I I don't know what Coach Joe was saying, but he's an old-timer and he was very coy about it, and sometimes that rubs the officials worse than if you just get right into their face. Right. And I think I said in real time, oh, movement on the line, Mooney will get five yards back. Called offside. And that really sent Joe Cannell off. And understandably, because if, he, again, if he was not told it's a fumble, in the span of a minute, you just got two bad calls against you. Now, well, you, you went from being first down and 10 at the other team's 20, trying to punch it in and tie the game before halftime. Right. To now the ball's out at the. 40 and they've got time and the way they've been moving the ball you might be two scores down at the break right so Joe Cannell he's a veteran coach he has his back completely to the official but the way he's talking to his assistant coach I can't say with a hundred percent certainty but you know he was saying it loud enough so the official could hear him because he was not happy and I kind of understood why the official was not having it He throws the flag, second personal foul. If you're unaware, two personal fouls in a game, player, coach, you're ejected. And I will say, he had a very smooth exit. He got the flag, he looked, saw it, tossed the headset to someone and just walked out. He didn't argue it anymore. I I almost think he was trying to do that, or I don't want to say that because then you have to miss the next game. But but it was kind of, it looked like when you'd see a manager in baseball try to get his team fired up because... Mooney got the stop, and that put them in Mooney territory. It went from their own 20 to the Mooney 45 without a play being run, and Mooney's defense stepped up and got the stop before the half and almost broke off a big run to beat the buzzer with Hazen later. Now, with all that aside, the biggest thing that killed Mooney was special teams. In In the first half, they had a punt blocked. In the second half, they had a punt, a snap on a punt, roll between the legs of their punter, and on the third one, it hit the punter right in the waist, right where you want the snap to go, and I think he had jitters because while there had been a punt blocked and one gone between his legs, so he was trying to move too fast, and he just dropped it. And those three plays combined with them going one for three on two-point conversions, and I believe 0 of 2 on extra points. Yeah, extra points hurt them in this game. Is why it became a two-score game when it was a one-score game because in Lutheran Seminary scored a touchdown at the very end to really put it away. Like, if if the quarterback there falls... 14 seconds left when they yeah, got their last touchdown. If he falls down, he can just run the clock out. So, up until that point, 
it was five touchdowns to five touchdowns. But Seminary had a four-point lead because they made every extra point, and the one time they went for two, they got it. And that was ultimately the difference. Now, does the one play make, does the one fourth down make a difference? Absolutely in the game. But what makes a bigger difference is just not able to handle your special teams because that's three huge swings, and I believe all three led to touchdowns. And if you just make your extra point, guess what? You you tie the game, and you don't have to sell out to try to stop someone who breaks off a big run. You can play normal defense, and who knows where that game is. It just emphasizes how important special teams are. Yeah. Now, and I'm not making this as an excuse because the young man that came in afterwards kicked for them last year. Right. So, But Ryan Trombley did get hurt in this game. Which – Hurt Which them there. He, he, he's been their kicker. In, in week one, he took over the kicking duties and was perfect, and he started this game as their kicker. And Trombley adds another dimension to the offense. He went out and in the, the second quarter. Yes, in the second quarter. Third and fourth quarter after Bra- Brandon Hazenlater, who we'll get into those numbers because they are just stupid. They basically said someone else has to beat us, and they basically committed nine, ten guys to the run. And to Seminary's credit, in the fourth quarter, they stopped the run. They stopped the run 100%, and you were waiting for that big run from Hazen later, and it never came. But if Ryan Trombley's in the game, hey, you have a deep threat. You have a guy that you throw a bubble screen, you throw a slant, he can take it to the house, and he's out. I We're not doctors. It didn't look overly serious like you know when you see an injury and you go all right he's done for the year like you can just tell right away when it ha- it wasn't yeah. that no he was just kind of he I, actually was standing on the sidelines for the rest of the game yeah I don't know if it was I don't know I'm not going to speculate on what has happened I'm just going to say it didn't look terrible but Mooney takes a tough loss against a really good team what I hope this is because Dennis I think me and you both agree that was a very winnable game that this is a the, a learning and a building block for later in the year, because this is the team they could see in the playoffs, Yeah, that they learn from this, take a step forward, and going into league play, they understand where they have to get to because they start off with a Liggett team that's 2-0 and and is getting a little bit of shine around the state. Yeah. Well, this is a game of swings, too, because early on it felt like seminary, you know, they scored the quick, easy one. Mooney came down and scored, but then seminary came right back down and it just looked like, wow, Mooney's not going to get a stop tonight, and they're in the position where Seminary got the ball first, so they're chasing all half long. And then, so that's why I thought the play just before halftime was big. The third quarter, it was all Mooney. Oh, and again, they, they scored two quick touchdowns, and they got an interception to stop a Seminary drive. And I thought, boy, if Mooney punches it in here, if they get a third straight score, and they get up two. Now it's Seminary who's in trouble. Yeah, uh, but again, if the, even if Mooney gets the first down, there's not a guarantee they score at the end of the half. You, you can't. Yeah, I mean, I know. We, we could argue that. I think they're scoring. If I they do get the too, first down. but you know how football is, mm-hmm. Dennis. You've seen games before. Anything can happen. Yeah, where you're going, oh, pff, touchdown right here. I mean, in that stadium a year ago, Crosslex could stop 12 times with goal to go. That never happens. That'll, that, that won't happen again. But things happen. So uh, I, wanna, I don't want to take any shine away from seminary 
because that is a really good football team. And Dennis, they have some size up front. And for a D8 school, they have bigger size up front than some of the D5 and 4 and 5 schools. And I thought that in the fourth quarter especially that Mooney was starting to lose the battle in the trenches. Yes, they were. That they looked tired and seminary was coming. Right, because they were seminary had the size and they were taking it to them. But that's a, a tough loss for Mooney. And as I mentioned, Liggett comes in kicking off league play. Liggett's 2-0, and they haven't given up a point. Now their two wins might not be the most convincing. I think that both Parkway Christian and Seminary are both better than either of the two teams Liggett played. But you still have, you say, Dennis, you play the schedule in front of you. Yep. And they have shut out two teams in one in convincing fashion. Yeah, and and they got to go. Uh, Mooney has to go to Liggett. They played this game last year uh, at East China Stadium, uh, and Liggett came in two and zero last year. But um, boy, they've just played a weird game. Yeah, I mean, they just played. Do they a have weird a punter game. now? I don't know. They haven't. I don't. Know. Apparently, they haven't they, had to use one. If they yeah, they haven't had to use one this year. I don't know if it's the same quarterback. They had a big, tall quarterback who I believe came to them from De La Salle, uh, and he threw the ball fifty times a game last year. Well, all I know is University of Liga is going to have to stop Brendan Hazen later. He had okay in week one. He had two hundred and ninety-four yards, and you went, "That's the game of the season for him." And he went, huh, "Nope." He added another 100 yards to that total. What, how many carries did he have total, Dennis? Uh, I, it was the low 20s, actually. Yes. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, it, and he it, went for 394 yards and three touchdowns, which is ridiculous. Like, those are – I'm assuming there's no way that's not the Mooney record. 294 may have been the Mooney record. <laughs> so, I am calling it right now – I. Apologies if there was a Cardinal in the past 30 years that ran for 400 yards, but I'm saying that he has the Mooney record. I'm sure the single-season record will be in jeopardy by week four or five. Which he may have set last year, for all I know. Right. I mean, Mooney's had some good backs. Um, Not like this. Moss was a good back in the 90s. Um, Greenia was a good back earlier in this century. Um, but but I don't I don't yeah nobody that like, was getting three hundred yards. Not a game. that every time he touched the ball you went he can score. Dennis, it was what like two seconds left to go in the first half. They had the ball on the thirty, and they basically ran outside zone, and he got to the other seventeen. Yeah, and and at uh, a couple of points during that run, I thought he's going to get all the way there. And he yeah, it took six seminary players. To bring him down, but and, and then his first two runs of the third quarter were a, I think, a fifty-five yard touchdown run and an eighty-four yard touchdown. And the eighty-four run. yard touchdown run, everyone thought he was down, and he just kept moving, never went down, and yeah, it was, it's, it looked like a video game. It looked unfair. It looked like Bo Jackson in the Nintendo game, in <laughs> Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not far off because he, he stops, starts, runs through he, people. He does some crazy cuts 
and things that you're like, oh, he's going to hurt himself, and then, but and, he just keeps going. And then going. he gets to the safety and puts his hand in his face mask and puts him in the dirt and says, no, thank you. Well, that, that was fun because on one of his long touchdown runs, he actually turned around to stiff arm a guy, and everybody in the stands is like, if he just keeps running, he beats the guy to the end zone by 20 yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he slowed himself down turning around to stiff arm. Still scored. <laughs> Still but, scored. So Mooney. Uh, and then the other thing is because it gets lost. But Evan Wakefield of Seminary had 268 yards and four touchdowns. He's the quarterback. And he's a really good quarterback. And he runs that option really well. Yes, he does. Because he keeps it 90% of the time, but you just can't defend it. Right. I mean, there was a couple plays where they just said, all right, um, Evan, run through that gap, and he'd score. So this is a game I hope we see again, maybe in the second or third round of the playoffs. But – those are two really good D8 football teams, Dennis. Uh, hopefully Mooney can get on the right track through their league play because that would be a lot of fun. Um, we have a lot of fun matchups this week. Conference play is starting for everyone. Um, I guess as we talk set up the week, I will mention Richmond because this was their Algonac week. And from what I've been told is they – as early as – or as late as last Friday, it seemed like there's like, yeah, we'll take the bye. Get a text saying, hey, Detroit University prep called, and you looked on the schedule, and they were playing like Bradford or yeah, someone. Yeah, so Bradford but, made a pull But Bradford plug. also lost like 63-6 to six last week, so maybe they had kids get hurt. And it sounded like this game was going to happen. And then as, as it's going along, it's like, okay, we need to find officials. They found officials, from what I understand. They were going to play Saturday, but University Prep doesn't want to play on a Saturday, but you're not going to find an extra set of officials for a Friday yeah. five Which days before. It's strange before. because their initial game was scheduled for Saturday. According to the state site, they were scheduled to play Bradford on a Saturday. Maybe they I, Maybe as soon as that game got canceled, they – since there's an official shortage, they immediately rescheduled those uh, guys. I, I I don't know, but it sounds like Richmond had a game, and now it's going to be a bye. Either way, Richmond was going to get a win. They were going to beat Detroit University yeah. Prep. Whether they played it or not, it would have just been slightly more playoff points. So, yeah, uh, if they do end up playing that game, won't be in the pickums because I didn't want to wait to <laughs> see what the result is, but – it doesn't hurt to have a bye after opening with St. Clair, especially Week 2 Croslex. Yeah, because they've, they've got some wounds to lick after that Week 2 uh, game. I mean, they're feeling good coming out of Week 1, uh, pitching a shutout, uh, beating, uh, you know, I'll call, I'll call St. Clair a rival. That's oh, become yeah. a rivalry between the two schools in multiple sports. Um, so that was a big win for them, uh, but then what Croslex did to them was just, war crimes yeah um but that's been happening north branch did it to somebody too there there are a lot of as we yeah. keep preaching there are a lot of good football teams in the top half of the BWAC. so all right um we'll have our top 10 in the final segment which i don't as expected there's probably not a lot of movement um this week there will be after this set of games but after last week a lot of teams held serve but yeah uh We'll talk about some of the more interesting matchups because there are some good games, and we already mentioned Mooney Liggett is one of them that we're going to be scoreboard watching. But the BWAC, I mean, 
We all know the big one there. And even some of the MAC teams are going to be – those games are going to be interesting. Yeah, the, there are some uh, – there are a couple of uh, games that are really interesting to me. So we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that when we come back. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services. Services LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. 
We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, Dennis Stuckey and uh, Brady Beaton. You want to give that number? Yeah, so I'm just <laughs> sometimes in the in between segments. I'm lucky. I'm just looking on the the MHSA leaderboards, and I'm like looking at the rushing records, and I'm like, oh, Rick Granada actually the he was from MLA City back in '93 when MLA City played for a state championship. He set the record with uh, 2,783 yards. The record right now, if you're curious, is 3,250, which is ridiculous. But I'm like, oh, Granada only. It only took him 12 games to do it. The record's four, it was in 14. And I'm like looking. I'm like seeing who he beat. And the record had stood for 33 years. And someone named Roger Reinhardt had 2,600 yards. Now that in and of itself is impressive. But when you look that he did it, first of all, it was in 1960. So they didn't have playoffs back then. No. He, only, he didn't play all nine games. He played eight games. And he did it for Unionville High School. <laughs> Not Unionville Seabowing, just Union. Unionville. So 2,600 yards on in eight games is – like you look at how many carries some of these guys have. Like most of them are well over 300. Some of them are into the 400s. He did it on 177 carries, <laughs> which is just, just dumb. But anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about because, Dennis, there are – and that's 325 yards a game if yeah. you keep in score at home. Yeah. That's a lot that's of – a pretty good average. That's a really good <laughs> average. Um, let's take a look at some of these MAC teams, Dennis, because last week was – we said it was a get-right week. It was a – it was a bounce-back week for all but Northern, and every one of our MAC schools won. Because they didn't need to bounce back. Right. All our local MAC schools, I should say, bounce back. Um, but there are some very curious matchups this week. Obviously, we have Marine City St. Clair. We'll we'll save that because we know a lot about that game. We know what that's going to be. But let's look at some of the peripheral MAC games. Marysville goes to Southlake. This is a tough Southlake's call. Southlake's two and zero. Yeah, this is not a Southlake team, or at least. They've beaten Lutheran North by six, and they beat Madison by 22. Lutheran North, I think, is a decent team. And Madison beat East Point. I'm not sure really what East Point is, but they're 2-0, and and they've scored 84 points in two games. Um, the number that sticks out for me is they did give up 40 in their first win, mm-hmm. so which is which is the truer giving up the forty points? Is their defense maybe not that great, or twelve points against Madison, which maybe is not that impressive a, a, a number? 
Um, I, I think their offense is probably pretty legit. Um, I think Marysville will be the best defense that they faced so far in three games. I also think Marysville might be the best offense they faced in three games, um, not knowing anything about um, Luther North. But I did see Marysville against Elmont. They scored four touchdowns against a good Raiders team. Um, and I thought, again, had a good start and a good finish to that game. And then, obviously, this past week, they routed Hazel Park, um, which, you know, I, I kind of hemmed and hawed, and then I realized, yeah, Hazel Park's first win was probably, you know, against a, oh, an opponent that, yeah. And Marysville really took it to them, 53-12. to 12. So I kind of like where the Vikings are at going into this game. But that being said, they've got to go on the road, and I think South Lake can score. Well, this is a really interesting game. These next three games for Marysville, in a month's time, we could look back. They go at South Lake, host Lamp Fear at Marine City. In a month's time, we could go back and go, oh, why were we worried about the first two games? Just get ready for Marine City. Or we could look back and go, oh, my God, that turned out to be way tougher than we ever expected it. I I don't know. Marysville, again, I said this last week, if Marysville wants to make the playoffs, you feel like this is a game you need to win. Well, I I look at this, okay? If if they go through this three-game stretch and come out four and one, they're a top five team in our area. Well, and if well, they come out of it one and four, they might still be a top ten team in our area. <laughs> well, they, and then they go at Clintondale after Marine City. But Dennis, through two weeks, knowing the limited information, the small sample size, here's the rest of their schedule: at South Lake, Lampfear at home, at Marine City, at Clintondale, Saint Clair at home, at Lincoln, at Port here on High. There's only one game in there. I think they are a decided underdog. The other six games, or whatever, the other, uh, yeah, no, yeah, six games. Yeah. You could make. got seven left. Yes. You could make an argument they would win all those games, and it wouldn't be a super shocking result. Now, obviously, things could change. Lamphere, they won a game week one against Sterling Heights. They put up 60, and then they go and play a Mac Bronze team and win eight to six. Yeah, that one's tough to figure out unless people were missing uh, off the roster in week two that were there in week or one. Or Sterling Heights for, is that bad. Or, yeah, or Sterling Heights is that bad. Which is... Or is, center line is better than we're giving them credit for. They lost in week one to Detroit Loyola, which I, I have no idea. They're usually really, really good. It was 40-26. to 26, And um, then they play an 8-6 game with Lampfear. And maybe Centerline is one of the better teams in the Bronx. Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, this is going to be a big game for Marysville, and I think it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season because you build some confidence. Like you said, if you're going into that Marine City game at 3-1, and one, you're feeling really good about yourself. You know you have an uphill battle, but you've proven you've beaten three teams in a row, three teams that we think are at least. We don't think any of these teams are just, no, I, I would consider Southlake and Lampfear as quality wins if they get them. And it's not like, okay, when they when a team plays Lincoln, we go, okay, 
you beat Lincoln, kind of like Hazel Park. He's like, all right, you did your job against Hazel Park. St. Clair, you did your job against Lincoln Marine City. You did your job against Clawson. These games, again, we might look back in a few weeks and go, hey, we gave those teams way too much credit. But or for now, enough. yeah, for now, the Max Silver looks like it has some competent, decent teams in it as well. Do you want to talk about St. Clair Marine City? Because we know what this game is, the battle for the bell. They don't like each other at all. They don't like each other at all. Um, Marine City, uh, again, week one, they lost by one point in double overtime. Right. And people act like they got their limbs hacked off or something and somebody rolled them. Uh, that wasn't the case. Well, I think a they lot of people were. another ex- really good football team. I think a lot of people were expecting the 38 to 10 win that they normally give in those games. Yeah, but uh, I mean, again, you got two good football teams, and again, you could play that game 10 times and get 10 different results. Mm-hmm. Marine City is going to win at least five of those 10 games. Uh, maybe more. Uh, you don't know. But um, uh, again, the next week they come out and they're Marine City. They put 56 points up and win in running time on the road at Clawson. St. Clair, you know, I didn't see their week one game against Richmond. It sounded like they had all kinds of opportunity and couldn't figure out a way to score points. But defensively, they were pretty good. Lincoln's not going to give your defense a whole lot of fits. And it looked like the one touchdown they did give up was an 80-yard pass. Yeah. So, I mean, you you, you had one bad play against Lincoln. And your offense, I think they scored all 28 in the first half. I think uh, they must at least 21, I believe. Yeah, I can so double I, check. I, I mean, the, they did their damage early, and, and then they got out of there with the win. So I, that's St. Clair needed that win, and they got that win, and they won by three scores. Not going to argue about that, but I'm just going to say that right now, of the two teams that are one and one, I think Marine City is the team you have to look at and go there, the favorite in this football game. And history would just lend you to, for Marine City as well. But you know in these rivalry games, St. Clair will prepare this week, and they will have attitude when that game starts. And we're also worth noting, Jeff Heslop did not play last week. Don't yeah, know which, if he's, which is interesting. Don't know if he's going to play this week. Um I I do know that it's nothing serious, and if you're fifty fifty about playing them, and you go, we're going to Clawson, yeah, Jeff, hey, uh, go in the booth and put a headset on this yeah. week. We don't need any risk against. We could beat them very easily. But obviously, this is going to be the toughest offense that St. Clair's defense has faced in three weeks. Um, and for- it's going to be another tough defense for Marine City. Yeah. Because so, they have since they're used to it, though they gave up two. Sco- Saint Clair gave up two scores in their first two drives. Since that, since their third drive of the season, they've given up one touchdown and eight points. That is something worth at least considering. Because we're going, oh, they can't figure out their offense. Can't figure out their offense. But their defense, defense has, has been, been good. Yeah, their defense is going to have to be what keeps them in. Um, real quick, the Mac Blue. A northern plays Lance Cruz North. Lance Cruz North is just bad. This they might, lost to Cousineau. This might be uh, Northern's third straight week. Again, I don't want to give them big heads if they're listening, but this might be their third straight week where their offense gets 40 points and their defense is 
doing what it does. So, I mean, the Northern offense has been rolling the first two weeks, so I think they'll get to 40 again. Dylan Bloink has been off to a great start. No reason to think that that's going to stop this week against the Lance Cruz North team that's lost a million in a row. Isn't, isn't it kind of sad? What lot, I mean, I'm also a little annoyed by this because if you look – at their last, like, 20 years, the two years they had winning records was the two years I had to play them in high school. <laughs> well, they had that really good quarterback uh, for a little while. They had two guys that had to go down the street to Dakota. Well, and they had two guys that ended up being my teammates at Wayne State on the team. <laughs> and one was the running back and one was an offensive and defensive lineman who the one the running back for us ended up being, like, our – all right, one in doubt, give it to him, guy. And I had to play him in high school. Like, But they haven't won a game, Dennis, since 2019. They have lost at least 16 in a row, and it's actually 20 in a row. Their last win was against Cousineau, September 27th, week five of 2019. Yeah, and Cousineau just beat them, so yeah. They've scored over 20 points one time. Two times in that stretch, sorry. Like, and they're, what? They're, they're not going to get 20 against Northern unless Northern is uh, going to play the, the JV guys for three quarters. Like and you, the JV defense at Northern might stop them. Like you look at a school <laughs> that has 1,800 kids in it, and you go, they have to have something, but let's just call a spade a spade. Their talent's getting picked over. Yeah, well, I mean, that's if, if you're a football player – and you can go there, you're going to go five miles down the road Not to even school. And the other part yeah, of it is – more like two miles yeah, down the road. The other part of it is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's hard to get out of that rut. Hey, you've lost 20 in a row. Well, we need football players to get out of the rut. Well, how do you keep your football players? By winning games. But how do you win games? By getting the football players. <laughs> so somewhere in that cycle it has to break, and it obviously hasn't broke this year – They've scored 17 points. Maybe their defense is all right, but Dennis Cousineau, who hadn't won a game since the one game they won against Northern in 2020, they snap a a double-digit losing streak against the Crusaders. Well, this is a team that bailed on their, their coach last year. They didn't like them, they and the li- players quit. <laughs> they literally just said, all right, no more season. Yeah. Like, the players revolted. And they lost to that team. <laughs> so, Like, no disrespect to Lons Cruz North, but you win a game to prove something. And Northern's on a roll. And, yeah, like I said on a previous show, they get Sterling Heights next week. And Sterling Heights might be the team that finally snaps Lons Cruz North's losing streak. That, that is a possibility, too. So Because it's just, ugh, there's just nothing there. Uh, the the interesting game in the Mac Blue is Warren Mott and Port here on high. Mott got shut out by Fitz. Gross Point North. No, beat, Mott shut oh, out. Yeah, Fitz. sorry. Yeah. Mott shut out Fitz. They lost to Gross Point North by 14. Port here on high obviously took the, the L to Catholic Central and then bounced back against East Point. Prove it game for the Big Reds. Start well, Mac Blue play. I like that they got 55 points in week two. After getting shellac 54 to nothing, they turn around and shellac somebody putting 55 points up. Don't care that it was East Point. Uh, I mean, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. Um, Mott 
again, they beat a Fitzgerald team. I saw Fitzgerald last week, Northern Maltham too. Right. Um, and I don't know much about Gross Point North other than they are a gold team and they are a team that, I mean, they've been okay, but not terrific the last yeah. few years. That's a team that last year's St. Clair team put, I think, 50 points up on them or 39 points up on them. Yeah. Something like that. It was like a 39-33 game that St. Clair won. I mean, so I don't know what to make of either of these teams other than I think it's a show-me game for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll take PH's talent. I'll take PH's big guys. Especially at I'll Memorial take, Stadium. At Memorial Stadium, I'm going to take Amari Holler and those guys every time. I do want to talk about one Mac Blue game because the ending was crazy. Um, Frazier lost to Warren Woods Tower, and Frazier shows up on Northern and uh, high schedule. Frazier was leading Warren Woods Tower 21-14 with seven seconds to go in the game with Tower on their own one-yard line. And they broke off a 99-yard run to tie the game and then won in overtime. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough way to lose. Oops. Especially to a Tower team that probably isn't that good this year. No. I saw that one, Dennis, and my live reaction was just, really? All right, because I had hopes for Frazier, and they're 0-2 now. The, the Mac Blue is going to run through Memorial Stadium. Yes. It, it just is. and. I just had no one in the Mac Blue that doesn't reside at Memorial Stadium has given me any reason to give them any confidence. The only ones that could have are Mott and Frazier, and between them, they're one in four. The non-Port Huron schools are what? Have won one game between them? Yeah, and that, that was Mott's win over Fitz. Fitz. Who was bad. Yeah. So Frazier's 0-2, Lonsgrew's North is 0-2, Sterling Heights is 0-2. And and right now, and, and this might get me in trouble with my big red friends, but right now, Northern's the front runner. Well, yeah, it's hard to get fifty four to nothing out of your head, even if Catholic Central is what they are. Well, I mean, I, I could get that game out of my head just knowing what Catholics are but it was the seeing the, the bad snaps and, and things like that. That's not Catholic Central doing that. No. No, it is not. Okay. So, uh, uh, I did want to mention Anchor Bay and Dakota, battle of two two and O teams, and this is Anchor Bay's chance to to say we belong in the red right off the audition right off the hop and then uh center line and new haven is the other game new haven's trying to end this streak it's 32 or 33 now um two oh and two teams but center line is a different kind of oh and two than new haven is yes yes they are um bwack big one's going to be cross lex armada we'll talk about that in depth on thursday's show but it's game where in most rankings, both of these are top 10 teams in Division 4 and 5, respectively. I've seen Cross-Lex as high as number 3 in some rankings. I've seen Armada as high as number 5 in some D5 rankings. And, I've again, I don't want to do Thursday's show today, but that's going to be a street fight. Yes. That is going to be two coaches that are going in and two teams that are showing up, and neither of them have the faintest thought of them losing that football game no uh and armada is only bolstered by the fact that they got that week one win like right. if, if they lose that game to marine city then i think everybody looks at this as this is cross game to lose right now it's a now it's it's a dog it's up, fight yeah it's up in the air 
it is up in the air, and we can talk about why we may favor one side or another more because I think this is a game we'll spend 15 minutes on, 20 minutes on on Thursday. It probably gets its own segment. Let's it, be it, 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 no, it, it might because, okay, North Branch hosts Yale. Yale played with Armada for a half, kept it close, and Armada put the distance. I know Yale scored a couple late to make it a little more cosmetically appealing. Um, North Branch actually throughout the state has one of the best offenses just by points per game because they're averaging 58 points yeah, a game. Yeah, they've scored 1-16 in two games. Granted, the two teams they've beaten are probably going to be giving up 56 and 60 points a lot. So this is the first uh, audition, I guess, for North Branch. I kind of like the way their schedule set up. They have Yale before they go to Almont which it's a nice little way to ramp up because in the way you look at how the BWAC's shaking out, you think Yale, Almont's better than Yale, so you get that, and then you have your, well, it's it's it would have been a bye week, but then you get Hamtramck before you get into the final stretch of Richmond, Armada, and Cross-Lex. North Branch has a very nicely set up schedule, and Yale trying to find a way to, to take that step because I still think they are improved. I just think that it's going to be tough sledding for the Bulldogs. Uh, the top half of the BWAC, we say it every week, the top half of the BWAC is really strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, fourth you be- could rank- the fourth best team in that group uh, would win a couple of MAC divisions. I think uh, the only team I really haven't seen ranked uh, is North Branch, but I've seen MLA City in top tens. I've seen um, Cross-Lex and Armada in top tens in their divisions, and North Branch will get there at some point because they are that good. Uh, MLA City hosts Almont. Almont's really good. Spartans just – they're not going to be able to figure it out against a, a well-coached, disciplined Almont team. Yeah, no, that that's tough sledding. Uh, for Imlay City. And then we All me- year is going to be tough sledding for Imlay And then we mentioned Richmond may or may not have a game. If it is, it's against University Prep. Um, if not, they'll take the win against Algonac. Or they'll just- Either way, they're going to get the win. Right, because, yeah. So, um, all right, uh, top 10's next, even though didn't have a lot of movement. Now, uh, we'll, uh, there's a couple other games that we'll finish up with and, and then get into the top 10, and, and we'll be done in a minute. Okay. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. 
Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome uh, back, Dennis and uh, Brady. Uh, real quick uh, here, Brady, Harbor Beach is at uh, Cass City. That's an interesting game. That, that's that a, is. That's going to be a game that the people are going to have to pick because... Those are two teams that I know Cassidy just took one on the chin to Laker, but a lot of teams are going to take one on the chin to Laker. And Harbor Beach is 2-0. and but they hasn't beat, been scored on But yet. they've beaten two teams you kind of expect them to beat. This is Marlette's chance. They're off to a 2-0 and start. They've had a good start. This is Marlette's chance to uh, say whether or not they're with the big boys. They're at Ubley this week, and Ubley if is 2 If they win this week, you're not talking about just a GTC East title for Marlette. Uh, and uh, Memphis at Sandusky. They're both 0-2. Sandusky's numbers are ugly, but they've played two good teams. They lost to Laker and, and Bad Axe. And ba- yeah. Who Bad Axe's uh, loss was to Ubley. <laughs> yeah. So, so transitive property, which, again, doesn't work, but it gives you at least some context. Memphis hasn't, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mem- Memphis has struggled the first two weeks. Uh, Mooney, gross point, Liggett, we kind of touched on it uh, earlier on in the uh, the show, but uh, that's a very important game, I think, for both teams. Yes. Um, and it's the league opener for both teams. Uh, and then in eight-man, this is actually, don't turn your nose up at this game, Atherton at KPAC. Both teams are one and one. Atherton has beaten Merritt by 10, and they lost to Mayville by just two last week, 34-32. And KPAC has played really well. They beat North Huron, and they had a chance against Deckerville before that game got away from them. That's actually maybe the best overall matchup in eight-man this week in our area. You know, you know what I want for an early Christmas present? I'm thinking way down the line. I want a KPAC Brown City playoff game on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon so we can go and do it. Because you never know. Because those are two teams that have seen the dividends early of eight man, and I'm rooting like hell for both those teams. And yeah, KPAC, I think maybe you get a little more belief in those kids because it was it's Deckerville. It's it's like when you play Marine City and do really well against them, you instantly have credibility and instantly have uh, that belief in, in your kids uh, yeah. up and down your roster. I was impressed with them. Uh, Deckerville is at Flint International. International hasn't played a game yet. I don't think. Yeah, I think Deckerville's open. It's supposed to be a Saturday. I know that, but... Yeah, the the Phoenix slash well, they had two nicknames yeah. when we because sometimes me and Dennis go down these rabbit holes where we look <laughs> like we're like okay wait what's this team and then, and then we end up going way deeper than we well, need in to. basketball they were going by the Phoenix a couple of years ago when and, and then money. but they were called like the Firebirds yeah. or something and yeah but you couldn't see like the official website had one thing the MHSA had another and it's and they haven't played a football game they haven't played a football game since they got into that fight with Genesee yeah uh everything else here is kind of up for grabs for me Peck is one and one Akron Fairgrove is one and one games at Akron Fairgrove this week Ashley's one and one CPS is one and one games at CPS this week uh Merritt's 0 and 2 and Bay City All Saints is one and one the games at All Saints and Brown City off to a 2-0 start, crushing their first two opponents. Travels to uh, Onekama, who's 0-2 on the season. Tell your kids about a 3-0 Brown City Green Devils team because we sure will be. All right, um, let's get to the top 10 because I don't think it'll take long. I have a feeling both of our top like 7-1, I think, from last week. So yes. I have a feeling there's not going to be a lot of movement. The biggest change will be in the bottom. I'll start us off. Number 10, I uh, for the first time in my poll, I put the Marysville Vikings. They lost. They did lose to Almont, but they lost while showing progress and showing that they are better. And then they curb-stomped Hazel Park very convincingly, which gives me a lot of confidence. And I'm feeling good about my Vikings. They're 1-1, one and one, and they're number 10 in my poll. All right. Uh, Mooney ended up at number 10 in my poll. They were number 8. The loss to uh, Seminary drops them, but it's not enough to drop them out of the poll because Seminary's a good team, and Mooney had a chance to win that game. I did drop Mooney out. But in favor of another D8 team that's 2-0, the Harbor Beach Pirates are number nine. It's a little bit of branding and respect to the program, but they're 2-0. They have a chance to really prove themselves, but I think they can slot in very nicely at number nine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting Beach in there just yet because the first two opponents, I just feel, were teams that Beach is going to beat like that. 
Um, I put Marysville at number nine. Their big win over Hazel Park and their good showing against Almont. Uh, and they had been in my poll earlier. They were in my preseason poll at number 10. This past week's win was good enough to get them back in at number nine. And again, I think for both of us, it's not we're not rewarding a loss, but they didn't lose and get killed or embarrassed. They showed they can play with Almont again. Hopefully, the ends of the games is what they really are, and the middle was the aberration. Again, we'll find out more this week. Uh, number eight, Port Huron High won, but so did all the seven teams above them. They stay at number eight. Uh, good to see them bounce back, but uh, let's get a win against the the only other MAC blue team that has won a game that's not named Northern. Yeah, uh, I had Port Huron at number nine last week, so they actually move up a notch to number eight after their big win over East Point. All right, Almont at seven. I say it's going to be the same thing. They beat a Hamtramck team that should have beat, and they did so convincingly. Almont stays at seven. No reason to move them up or down. Yeah, Almont was my number seven team last week. They're my number seven team this week. Ubly was ubly. They're six. They stay six. Uh, I could make a case, to, I mean, depending on how you do your own poll, I've said this before, if you want to go by who beats who, Ubley might drop a bit because I don't think Ubley beats Almont. I don't know if Ubley beats Port Huron or Marysville. But deserving-wise, they you could make an argument they're number one, who pound for pound, they might be the best team in the area. But I split the difference so it, it makes no one happy and they end up at number six yeah and they beat carol by 36 so they weren't moving on my poll either they're still at i'm surprised six. you didn't shoot them up the polls for beating carol <laughs> like that well, they gave up six points oh they should have moved down then <laughs> uh number five marine city you got the bounce back when i expected you did it without your starting quarterback you play a rival st Clair this week but really i think i said this last week seven through two uh, you could make an argument really in any order uh, outside of Marine City, really. I think five's a good spot for them. All right. I had North Branch at five last week, and I keep them there after their big win. Yeah, I can't mo- change them at all. They were four last week for me. They stay four this week. Uh, next week's the big test when they go to Almont. Uh, and I had Marine City at four. No reason to move them after they whipped Clawson. Northern put up 42 weeks in a row. You said it. They're going to put up 40 a third a week in a row. They stay at number three. Uh, yeah, there was just it was a very chalky week for us yeah. at the top ten. Well, and uh, again, I had Northern at number three. Again, there was no reason to move them. Nope, and we both have our mate at two and Crosslex at one. Is this the first time number one and number two have played in our poll? Yes. Because in 2020 – we just had Marine City and PH. You had PH one. I had Marine City one, and we had one and two. Flipped. And they never play each other. And then last year, Marine City was one, and I think Croslex was Croslex was yeah. two. I think I had Armada at two at a, at one point, uh, but no, no one Marine City ever played was number two. So this is the first time we've ever had our our own little game of the century in uh, <laughs> in the Blue Water area. Croslex and Armada one and two. Going at it, and if I would have told you when we started this, Dennis, that just in our third season, Armada would be our number two team in the area, 
you probably would have thought what happened to the rest of the teams in our area. But that program is very much deserving of that spot. Yeah, they, they are. Uh, I mean, the, the, they won seven games last year and made it back to the, uh, the playoffs for the first time in a while. And this year they already have a signature win under their belt in week one against That's uh, putting it lightly. City. Um, they had a, a very nice week two against uh, Yale. And uh, now, already, uh, I, again, last year it was Croslex North Branch, where we, you wish you get the game a little later in the year. I wish we could get this game actually a couple weeks down the road, but this is where it's at, so let's do it. The, the bad news is here is that the team that loses this game will have a hard time rebounding from it in terms of the league and in terms of the top ten. Well, if this is a game that ends on a field goal or ends on a two-point conversion, you could make an argument that, let's say, Croslex wins 21-20. I'm just throwing a number out there. You could make the argument you don't move Armada down at all if you lose a, if a close game. And if Croslex loses a close game, you could make the argument they go no lower than two. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, th- those teams underneath can make a statement. B- right, Because but- if Northern puts up 40 again, if North Branch rolls somebody again, if Marine City rolls St. Clair, they're all going to want to say, hey, we deserve to move up a notch because the team in front of us lost. Right, but Croslex is showing uh, through two weeks that they are a team that is trying not only to win the BWAC, to win a district and go further than they did last year because they are putting on a show through two weeks. But I know that Friday night is going to be a dogfight in Dennis. You are going to see a knockdown drag out brawl. And the other thing about this is these are just two teams and this might be more than a two team race. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we have Who, this game. Whoever this whoever doesn't win this game might get help down the road from somebody else. I'm still not ruling out the possibility that we have a four team tie for first place. <laughs> that everyone just knocks each other off. And yeah, it's but if if Armado wins this game. There might be burning couches in our main for, for the second time in three weeks. Like the the celebration is just going to be ridiculous because they have they've figured it out. Well, that's certainly going to turn a lot of heads. Yes, that that's when you go. Okay, you if you have any detractors after a Marine City win, beating a Croslex team that Dennis. The the more and more I watch them, the more and more I look at how wide open D four is. This is a team that could be playing for a chance to go to Ford Field. Would you be shocked if we had two BWAC teams in the Final Four? Uh, it would be fun. Uh, I wouldn't would, be shocked, and I, uh, it would be a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, D5 has a couple more hurdles with Frankenmuth, and Marine City's still there, and they're saying, hi, hi, we still exist. Um, we lost yes. a game in double overtime by a point, and they're going to get better. We went better to the as, Finals last year. Yeah, yeah. so... If you add Marine City to the mix, I think there's a very good chance, Dennis, we're working well into November doing football. Oh, I'm, I'm still hoping that at some point Ubley uh, uh, and Cardinal Mooney have to play each other and knock each other off, meaning one of them is going to advance. Wouldn't that be a fun regional final? <laughs> I would take that.
I would as well. All right, Dennis, anything else? We have the picks coming up Thursday. Again, remember, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, the rest of football season. Um, Tell everyone where you're going to be this week. Uh, I am going to be at number one versus number two. Armada's at Crosslex. I'll be there on uh, Friday. Looking forward to going to both practices this week. Um, because both coaches, I think, are going to be good interviews this and, week. And I think both coaches are going to have just that little extra edge about them because they know what's what what's coming up. I will have the battle for the bell at East China Stadium, the East China Bowl between St. Clair and Marine City. That's a good week. It is a good week. Week five, we have one like that, too. I think we have uh, Marysville, Marine City, and the Crosstown Showdown. Yep. Arguably the two biggest rivalries in our area. Yep. So... At least, but with a historic perspective. So, um, anyway, it's a good week for football. And unlike last week, there's a lot of games where I don't know the results of. Yeah, it'll be an interesting uh, picks week this week. Yes. Won't be so easy. The first two weeks have been kind of easy. Yeah, you're 18 and 2. And feel like I should be 20. 17 and 3, although we'll talk about it on next show, but. There are some good people out there with the picks. There are people neck and neck with you, Dennis. There, and we had some people go 10-0. Yeah. We had yeah. some people go 10-0 and 0 this week. Well, good, so. good for them. All right, anything else before we send it home? Uh, that's all I got. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.